Well, what a difference a week can make. Two wins and Albion are, well, they're not flying, but they're looking up, certainly. They're still in the relegation zone, but now we're looking up uh, rather than looking around or down. Well, we weren't looking down at one point because we were bottom, but things are looking up a little bit for West Brom. Welcome back to the Baggies broadcast. I'm Johnny Drury. As always, joined by Albion correspondent Lewis Cox, who is fresh from his weekend trip to the capital returned with three points lewis uh how was it and how are you doing my friend oh back-to-back wins johnny first time i've been able yeah, to yeah what say is that this as, uh, what is this first time i've been able to say that as albion reporter so it's all a bit all a bit weird at the moment all a bit of a shock to the system you know but uh we're flying well you said it there we're, i was going to say we're flying but you said we're not quite flying but uh to me it feels like we're flying trying right? to take oh, off trying to take what, off. What, what are we 22nd this is heady stuff but uh no i mean fingers crossed the win the weekend uh takes albion out of the bottom three for the for the world cup right that'd be nice wouldn't it but um yeah it was it was cracking mate it was it was good i've only been to loftus road once before and weirdly it was when afc wimbledon were ground sharing there so a it wasn't qpr and b it was in the covid season with no fans so it was terrible all around to be honest um but but yeah the weekend was really good um you know they're in a good place, aren't they? QPR, they're they're flying. I know they hadn't won in a couple, but they were still fourth, so it's still a, a hell of a win for Albion. I, I did fancy them actually. It's not me being wise before the event, by the way, but I did I did fancy something down there. Um, I just think Carlos Corbrand got into them early, got them organised early, which is to his credit. I think we've seen a response despite how the first game went, and yeah, it was good all round. Good all round. No no parking, but I made I found a. I found a non-permit spot, so that was a win. Press box is a bit, not not the press box, sorry, the the, the media room's a bit poky. Tight. The press box is tight, yeah. mate. I I went last year. I've I obviously didn't go on Saturday. I'd like to think I could manoeuvre it a little bit better this year. I've lost a few pounds, but last yeah. year it was tight. <laughs> yeah, Very there's tight. a couple of um couple of small pre-match pies. You know the type we get sometimes at halftime at the Hawthorns. Couple of um. Couple of those before the game, they, they were okay. Yeah, yeah, it, the hospitality was was decent, but um, yeah, got the three points from them, didn't didn't we? Which made the journey back a bit sweeter and was uh, all we were there for ultimately. And the fourteen hundred in the way and seemed to enjoy themselves. So yeah, great great weekend. More the same to complete. Good day, yeah, good day all round. Well, you know, as always, always got action packed episodes here on the Baggies broadcast. Um, we'll be reflecting on QPR, looking forward to Stoke discussing as we always seem to be at the moment, discussing a few of the off-field issues. The planned um, action for Albion, uh, blow the whistle on the board, I believe it's called. Um, We'll talk about the Albion women who returned to the Hawthorns on Sunday. Um, We'll be taking your questions. And again, I do very average on our quiz with our resident quizzer, TJ Smithy. Oh, and we talk about the small matter of the return of one Daryl DK. Um, Right, we'll look at, we were talking about QPR then, so we'll we'll stick with QPR. Result, sorry, result aside, Lewis, and looking at the other things, just going to look at just just one selection pick that I've I've picked out. Matt Phillips um, got the nod up top, um, and we talked about this heavily last week, didn't we? In terms, yeah, of we did speak about the Phillips system. Quite a bit, didn't we? Um, yeah. He's come in. I know under in pre-season under Valerian Ishmael, he played as a striker. Um, Matt Phillips has copped a lot of criticism from Albion fans. Some of it, you know, right. Um, he hasn't performed to the levels we all know he can, but he was given that 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 starting berth up top again. Which, if I'm Brandon Thomas Asante on the bench, he's probably putting my nose out of joint a little bit. But you know, what did you make of it? What did you make of his performance? And all of a sudden, Albion have got 
another option up top, which they haven't previously had. Yeah, I was um, I was quite surprised to see see Phillips named as the sort of sole strike. Well, yeah, the sole forward, wasn't he? Um, in the not not surprised to see the four two three one again. We spoke heavily on it last week, didn't we? And whether I think I remember saying Phillips deserves to be in the side for performance, but it's a bit tricky then because he's obviously his natural best role is is for for Wallace on the right of the three. But um, yeah, we we got him up front. And obviously, with the Carl and Grant injury. I think we all probably expected Thomas Asante to start up front, didn't we? And I think there's some debate, isn't there, about how into Brandon Thomas Asante the new head coach is. I think that's a little talk of that's a little premature. I think, yeah, if I'm being honest. And, and also, you know, no, no slight against Thomas Asante. I think he's done great. I think he's done, you know, from what should be expected coming from Salford in League Two. I think he's done great. But these are very early days for him. They're very early days. Full stop. And now a new head coach has come in. Not the one that signed him, and you know these are extremely early days. So I don't think we should read too much into Phillips having that start up front. Uh, Carlos Corbin after the game did talk about his his versatility, Phillips, and uh, it's, it's clear he's best on the right, certainly from what I've seen this season and over the years. But he can do a few roles, can't he? And it's we we we've also seen that he's now got the faith in the manager to start as a lone forward, which very few I think of us would have, would would have said. He finished the Blackpool game, didn't he? In in the role, I think. Were you at the Blackpool game, Johnny? Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, he played yeah, central, he... and he went central against Sheffield United as well for a little while. Yeah, so he's obviously the, the head coach has has obviously seen something there. It's not. It's obviously not something that Corbrand just think, obviously Ishmael saw it for a for a period. I know he did yeah, spend a lot of yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I thought Phillips had the best game at Loftus Road. He didn't do badly by any by any means, but. It, not too much broke for him where you'd want it to in the penalty area in front of goal. Now, obviously, I, I don't. Albin didn't create a bucket load of chances that day, did they? They, they took the one that they counted. Obviously, they had the chances very early on when they started well. But um, yeah, he, listen, Phillips ran. He worked hard in that role. You've got to work hard, haven't you? Um, obviously, that it's been labelled against Grant, hasn't it? In that position, in terms of not putting it in enough, not chasing down, not showing enough. But I think Phillips did that in his role. We're not looking at a natural 20-goal-a-season striker, are we? He's, he's a winger slash forward that can do a job up front, I think. Um, without DK Albion, a, a lacking in options there, aren't they? With Grant injured, DK out as he was, or is coming back, it really just leaves Thomas Asante. Now, I would have liked to, seen, to have seen Thomas Asante start. I think he's merited it and warranted it but I, I don't think we should read much into the fact he didn't and also he, he came on for a sufficient period certainly before the Bartley goal midway through the second half and he was very busy Thomas Asante a very good cameo really um, lively strong powerful in fact I think I'm right in saying not having a, a brain fade that um, that he was involved in the goal wasn't he I think I think he played a part in the build-up to the free kick Bartley won which he then scored for him and he had a couple of efforts just after the goal as well. So it'd be interesting to know how much the head coach saw into, into his role from the bench. We've got the press conference, we're speaking Wednesday, we've got the press conference tomorrow, Thursday, for um, ahead of the Stoke game. be interesting to ask um, how yeah. he sees Santa as a young, you know, as a young lad coming up from the fourth tier. Um, yeah. He was really busy when he came on and really promising. And he probably had, yeah, he's probably had the mindset where he's, like he's coming on for half an hour and he thinks I've got to show this 
this new gaffer what I what I can do type thing. And I think he did. Um, to the point where it wouldn't surprise me to see him start the weekend. But equally, yeah. equally, Phillips played his part in that super away win. Now, they're obviously going to QPR away and Stoke home are very different games. So it doesn't mean the 11, the same 11 should stay in automatically because they, they won the game. But I think you could make a case of either. You're right, though. It was a really interesting talking point. I don't think many of us would have picked. But as I said last week, I don't think Phillips deserves to come outside because I think he... I think he's still offering something quieter on on Saturday and again played a different role, played that centre forward role on his own rather than a bit more reserved where he had you know, more space, defenders to attack and run into. So different roles, but not the end of the world to to have him as a different option. I don't suppose for in, you know in terms of numbers availability. Yeah, you mentioned um you mentioned Kyle Bartley there and now Kyle Bartley. Probably the amount of times you've probably thought and said, "Oh, his Albion career's over," but like Phillips a little bit, you know. So you know, and I think Mick McCarthy was on um, co-commentary for the Sheffield United game, and he said, "There's the problem with Albion is there's a lot of players who've been here probably a little bit too long, and you could probably pick out the ones he was talking to, talking about." Bartley could have been one of them, you know. He had an absolute stinker against Birmingham earlier in the season, where all three goals were, were really his fault. And David Button had a howler for one of them. Um, but all of a sudden, he's come in, even before Saturday, Corbram was sort of picking him out for a little bit of praise. Right. I thought he did really well against Blackpool, you know, albeit that Blackpool were pretty blunt in attack. And then Saturday, there's marauding, marauding up the pitch, wins a free kick, gets on the end of it. And all of a sudden, you know, they're chanting Ballon d'Or at him. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny how football fans are, but... What are the odds? What, yeah, what are the odds? And it just, out of nowhere, just things seem to have turned around for, for Bartley a little bit like Phillips really uh, with Bartley I think we've said it before haven't we And no, I, I have to qualify this by obviously saying yeah, obviously he's been here since 2018 and I haven't seen many of the games not being the club reporter but from what I've seen in my eyes this season uh, he's had glaring errors the, the Blues game was horrid wasn't it and there were, there were games before that where he wasn't at it, it didn't look to be, what's the phrase? Didn't seem to be right with it. Didn't seem to be necessarily busting a gut. It all seemed a bit sort of languid. And but he he, he has after that Blues game, he he was frozen out, wasn't he? We didn't see him for probably a month or so, and that came as no surprise. That that would take some coming back from, wouldn't it? When your own fans call you out like that, it's it's tough for any player to come back from. I think. You can think of Xhaka at Arsenal, can't you, as that obvious example um, a few years back who's managed to turn it around. But And then it was the it was Millwall, wasn't it? You, Me and you were at Millwall, weren't we? And um, Richard Beale brought him back into the side. Now, he named quite a, quite a surprising side that day, didn't he, Beale? We're, we're, yeah, we're, it's right a, bit of a, a bit of a and, pick and mix almost. Yeah, and to be honest, like, all right, we'll get to it. He was sent off, wasn't he? He was sent off in the 85th minute. I've been losing the last minute. Yes, finger can be pointed at him to take the blame. There's a strong argument, Albin, don't lose if if he doesn't get sent off for stu- two stupid yellow cards. But he played well that day until that point. Um, I think I've said this before. I think he's still very functional. He can still work very effectively and influence games, certain games, if they are to his strengths. His strengths are attacking the ball, in his own box, and by the way, at the other end with that goal, but certainly in his own box to clear things, to make to make himself big, to make blocks, 
he, he's he's got that in the locker still. We, we've seen that in examples, none more so than than Saturday. And like you said, Blackpool before that, where yeah, nothing against Gary Medine, but Blackpool name a striker like Gary Medine, uh, a powerful sort of more target man. It's it's part of his game, isn't it? He he can get down and dirty and stand up to that all head you know head headed challenges, body checks all afternoon, and it suits him. And that's very different to playing against two nippy, you know, quick movement strikers forwards that they're going to, who can turn, who are sharp, that's going to make life a lot more tricky for Bartley, isn't it? And that's going to, you know, he could possibly come unstuck there dependent on who's playing around him in the system. But when it's, when it's games and teams that suit the way he is, and I think the head coach would, would identify that. Uh, I think it's, it suits him and Albion. Like that's not to say, look at the Blues game. He's up against what Scott Hogan and, Whoever else blues had up in the forward line that day, I can't quite remember. But uh, Deeney, but have been Deeney when he got well, got yeah, Deeney, bullied yeah. by the players, yeah. didn't they? Deeney and Hogan, you wouldn't say for a second are the, are the is the is the nimblest strike pairing in the league, would you? And he obviously still had the run around, but credit to him. I mean, he seems to have bounced back. He seems to have responded from it, and and even the red card he's responded from, and the performance level was have been good, haven't they? The Blackpool and you know two clean sheets. You can't ask for any more. He can't have done much more. Um, everything Corbran has said about him since he's coming in, about the way he conducts himself at the training ground as a, a leader, leads by example, um, gives everything for the cause. You know, I, I don't think they're just empty words. I think that's that's how he sees it. So it's good to hear that behind the scenes, that's running smoothly. And it's going to have to stay like that if Bartley wants to stay in the team. Or, or he's going to have to continue putting in these level of performances. I think O'Shea next to him has been very good in the two games as well. It probably suits the two of them playing together in a in a back two, I think. Yeah. Possibly more than the three. Um, so, yeah. From what I've seen, yeah. So, all right, you have to credit Bartley. Um, for, for him to be the, the match-winning goal hero as well on Saturday is... I mean, you almost couldn't write it, really, could you? And then, like you say, the way, the way he was up there to win the free kick, I have no idea. He was down our side at Loftus Road. I have no idea what he was doing there. Couldn't tell you for the life of me. I think Thomas Asante and Wallace had combined really well, getting Albion up down that flank and in second ball and QPR had got some on it, second ball. And all of a sudden, Bartley's throwing himself at a, a second or third ball and, and hitting the deck. And, and credit Swift as well. John Swift um, coming aside, hasn't he? He's probably worth a mention because he seems a little bit rejuvenated. I think it's fair to say under Corbyn and... Not his busiest display on Saturday, but piece of quality. That dead ball was it was a delicious delivery, and Bartley attacking that the bat stick at full pelt. He's he's not going to miss, is it? I, I think you'll struggle to get a keeper to save that. And uh, great scenes, great yeah. Set obviously funny celebrations, sliding on his knees, fingers in the ears, fans giving it the sort of ironic chant, obviously about the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. And, and and Bartley, you know, coming out and speaking to the media afterwards, didn't he? Um, Sort of acknowledge that you know he understands a little bit. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you know he's not he's not daft, is he? You know, footballers know what what's going on and what's yeah. being said and whatnot. Um, took in the interview touched on his resilience, and I think that's a that's a good word to show because it it must be hard to it's difficult to come back from from taking the levels of pelters he's he's taken, uh, yeah. and that's not that's not defending him or saying the fans shouldn't have done it. You know. The, the performances were at times poor, to say the least, weren't they? But 
your credit is responded excellently and at the moment is a very good option and playing more than playing his part in a functional defence you just you wonder and this is probably one for the games that start after the World Cup break I mean you've got Ajay coming back haven't you from from a long injury and uh, I mean it's no it's no bad problem to have at all is it but you'd obviously expect him to come back into the side just depends and we'll see whether that's for Bartley you wouldn't think it'd be for O'Shea whether it'd be alongside both of them in a three if he changes it or whether he sticks yeah. in four. We know one thing we know about Carlos Corbran already is he he doesn't mind uh, shuffling his system, does he? His formation. So that brings us nicely on to the next point we're going to mention. Just hung to, up on formations. Yeah, not in terms of formations, but just rotation. Really, he made a couple of changes. Oshie Phillips up front, but changes which I was sort of surprised by. Telegard and Rickman missed out. You know, despite being arguably Alvin's best player recently, and yeah. just strikes us as the manager who has got. You could say at times with. With maybe Bruce, you know, for example, for a long time didn't pick Gardner Ekman. Maybe didn't have confidence in certain players. This is just me speculating. I, you know, could be completely off the mark. But Corbrand seems to have gone in there, knows what these players can do, and has confidence in the squad rather than just the eleven or having his. You know, we always say, does he know his best? You pundits on Sky, or does he know his best eleven? Mm. I think he knows his best eleven, but in four or five different you know, structures and, and, yeah. and formats. There isn't a best 11 really for him, is it? There's nothing wrong with being sort of fluid and versatile yeah. with the systems and formations you play. But on the flip side, it can, you know, if it's not going well, if it's going badly, if it it can look slapdash, can't it? It can look like you haven't got an idea and rather than that horses for courses thing. Now, you're talking about personality. A good example, I think, is, is Malumbi playing in the centre midfield on Saturday, which... Yeah, probably a call very few of us would have made. Like you say, Gardner Hickman's been in in great form, I think, and and Yakuzlu had just had his his best performance of the season, and all of a sudden, almost out of num- nowhere, Malumbi comes in. You're thinking that's an interesting call, um, but he qualified after the game in speaking with us. To be fair to Corbran, and just said that if there's one thing Malumbi, he didn't say that, but if there's one thing Malumbi brings, it's legs and energy, isn't it? And he just thought going to a place like Loftus Road, Saturday, fans, their fans heavily up for it. Just thought Albin need need his yeah. leg in the middle of the park. And you can you can understand that. And it worked. Yeah. I thought Malumbi was was very good in doing what he he does actually and played an important role in the in the game. As did Yakuslu again, not as standout as he was against Blackpool, but functional and important in the win. Just that the two midfielders, the two of them in front of those back two of Bartley and O'Shea, I thought were excellent, really. The the real kind of spine and structure to that win i saw it and yeah yeah it's a it's a good point and i imagine we'll speak as the season goes on and as corbin's tenure goes on talk to the cows come home about formations he plays and and things like that and i actually look forward to seeing how it goes because you look at a list of systems he used as huddersfield manager and it seemed to change so often he changed so many different well just on changes um it's something i picked up and it was sort of reminiscent of when Slavin Bilic was in charge of Albion in the championship. He went through a period of, it was almost like every substitution he made, he struck gold. He would stick on Charlie Austin and he'd go and score, or he'd stick someone else on, and it would change a game. And his substitutes would change a game. Now, I don't think that's happened specifically with Corbrand so far, but what I've noticed and what I think other fans have picked up on is, is in-game management. Make good changes. Yeah. Making changes, not necessarily to go and win games. 
which you know they've won two out of three, but managing the game. So he's made use of them substitutions and Albion fans could criticise Steve Bruce for that at times, you know, not making enough changes when changes have been made and, you know, managers, certain managers are advocates for the five substitutes. Personally, I don't like the five substitutes, but he's using a lot of it to his advantage and, and it's just, it's clever to see how it's working so far and, yeah, and yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, it was the Blackpool game, wasn't it, on the Tuesday night at the Hawthorns where Thomas Asante didn't come on until late, did he? Quite late again in Corbyn's second game and some fans might be thinking, oh, don't quite fancy Thomas Asante, does he? But came on with whatever it was, 12, 10 minutes to go and actually was in the box to make himself busy for Yakuza's yeah, yeah. goal from the set piece. So so still had an impact and and did, as I say, playing longer at Loftus Road on Saturday. But you're right, the changes so far in in any positions he's made, you know, be it what he brought on Adam Reach in one of the games, didn't he? And whoever else it would be. Yeah. Um, they're being effective across the park, not just, like you rightly say, not just in attacking areas to go and get the goal or the winner, but it feels like it's changes for the, it feels like it's changes for, for the better of the performance to, that, that are fitting, that work for that period of the game. If you see what I'm trying to say, not just, they say there's five subs that can be made now, but not just three, four, five changes for changes sake. It, it does feel like, there's heavy thought process and, and thinking and belief behind them. And I'm not, this is not an easy stick to to beat the previous manager with and say that he wasn't doing that because as, of course there'd be thought behind Steve Bruce's changes and things like that. I just think um, they're coming off so far for Corbyn and you can see, you can see what's being done with, with almost every move. So yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. And it's no surprise that the fans have noticed and picked up on that. Um, I think it's an important feature because it's so much more than the 11 that start these days, isn't it? It's the, 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 the three subs a game has gone. Now you can change what half of, you can change half of your outfield team, can't yeah. you? It's, it's, it's so much about the nightmare when you're covering a game. Oh, you're not wrong. Yeah. It's a shambles. But um, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I mean, I don't agree with it for, for a second really. Um, but he's utilized it to, to, um, to Albert's yeah, advantage, Albert's. isn't he? Yeah, absolutely, and I think yeah. When, when we see when we see team news at two o'clock before a game, or or six forty-five, or seven o'clock on a midweek, or whatever it is, I think we and I mean as football fans here, not not just Albion fans, but football fans in general, we're so hung up by on who's starting, aren't we? The the eleven, and all right, it's different if you you're bombed out of the squad altogether, assuming you're not injured, but such a such a big role on the bench these days more so than ever now because of, of that rule because yeah, yeah. more chance you, you're getting on more chance you influencing impacting the game against tired legs um yeah and and big tick in that box for Corbrand so far he like you say his in-game management has been has been impressive yeah we'll just move away from that we'll talk on a few different um topics then we'll come to your questions quiz and we'll look at ahead to Stoke but we'll talk um we'll talk Dal DK first of all we'll talk Bit of a rumour that he, well, Corbran said he was going to be assessed before QPR. Not quite, not quite there, Lewis, but featured for the, the 21s on Monday night. Um, bashed around a few young centre-halves, won a penalty, <laughs> scored it. Won a suspect then, penalty. And then tried an overhead kick. Yeah. You know, just back from a, a muscle injury. <laughs> the whole of the Hawthorns or whoever was there must have had their 
hearts in their mouths at that <laughs> point. But but no, good to see him on a positive note and a, and a serious note. Good to see him back. He's edging ever closer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely that. Yeah, um, he's like obviously it's quite difficult to say haven't you, with that. 21's game being the only time I've seen him live yet, but he he struck me as a a beast, a, a full-blooded player, sort of yeah. all or nothing. You know, he's he's not. There's no half measures. He's not giving 80, 90 percent here. He is. You know, this was a <laughs> this was 45 minutes in a 21's game where he's coming back from three months out. Previously, he's been out for however long, four or five months, and he's he's putting himself about now. Perhaps he feels he has to 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 impress, to show he's ready, whatever it is. I understand this caution being taken with him, certainly going into the World Cup break. I think it'd be a bit different if this break wasn't happening because we, yeah. we wouldn't be thinking about, oh, got four weeks here around the corner to, to really, really get him ready and chomping at the bit. But he will be chomping at the bit. And we saw that on Monday night, I think. Um, good play. Good play for the penalty, it was. Um, we, we were right behind that penalty decision, not very far from it at all in the press box. And it was never a penalty in a million years, as you'd have seen by the video. But good play. And um, yeah, and also, also not the best penalty I'm sure he's ever taken, but it went in. Um, so they all count, don't they? Although, as I was saying to a colleague in the press box, I'm not sure we're having that as his first, as as, as, as an Albion goal, are we? That's uh, that's a 21's goal. Yeah, that's yeah. the same as his, his Hurter he scored against, wasn't it, pre-season? So, so we're still waiting to, we're still waiting for the the first team lift off. You know, I mean, Stoke on Saturday, who knows? Could be. I'd expect him to play some part. I'd be shocked if he wasn't on the bench. Um, but if it comes after, like if it comes after the break, then it comes after the break. Um, good to see him. As I say, all or nothing. The the attempt at the bicycle kick, I, it, it would have been wonderful if it connected and it flew in. But uh, hey ho, that his. His cameo was was definitely, I would say, the only thing to 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 remember from that night for the 21s. A heavy five-one defeat didn't go to plan, did it? It didn't go to plan for a couple of the other senior boys involved either. But on the DK front, um, it didn't surprise me that much, Johnny, that he didn't play at QPR. Really, I I thought he'd be on the on the bench, given that he'd returned to full team training. But like the, the fact that the 21s played two days later. I think is a is a good opportunity, isn't it? He was only going to be on the bench to play what twenty minutes at Loftus Road. Why not give him a little bit longer, a couple of days later, and in a less what is going to be a less intense, less physical game? Um, as you said, get him get him battering into a few seventeen, eighteen year olds, um, and it worked. Came through unscathed. He personally, I think, had a decent forty five minutes where he looked strong, held it up well, sort of won his physical battles, brought, brought the player down, as, as you would expect a striker of his size, just in terms of hold-up play to do. Um, looked purposeful when he was running with the ball on a couple of occasions. So, yeah, I, I, I really can't wait to see him in, involved for the first team proper. Now, be it off the bench on Saturday, I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if he wasn't on the bench, like I say. But we're at the end of the road now, aren't we? Fingers crossed, touch wood. We're, we're, we're at a stage where he should be ready to be involved. I think he'll get minutes from the bench on Saturday. And, you know, that first game back, what is it? Sunderland away, Stadium of Light, Monday night. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're Monday back. night. Cheers, Sky. Yeah, cheers, Sky. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thanks for and, that. Um, yeah, thanks that, for that, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> that could be the first start, couldn't it? And um, just touch wood, fingers crossed, there, there are no setbacks because it's been rotten luck. It really has been rotten luck. This isn't a... 
well, from, from my understanding, obviously, I, I didn't cover the club when he signed, but this isn't a signing where uh, Dowell DK had umpteen injuries before he, he moved to Albion. This is, no. uh, and I know their muscles, aren't they? They're not, they're not impact injuries. It's not, uh, he's not taken a whack on a couple of occasions, which is totally unlucky. Obviously, different muscles in his legs have given way on, on a couple of occasions, seriously, um, serious setbacks. But fingers crossed. He's been, he's certainly been given the time, hasn't he? And he's certainly, they've certainly taken caution and care. And that should mean that he, he's able to hit the ground running. running yeah. Hopefully we'll see what he's about because I don't think we've still seen much. We, we haven't seen what he's about, have we? we? He hasn't had the chance to get up to speed. Um, we don't know what a, what an up to speed um, Daryl DK, you know, full of momentum and confidence is, do we? we? We don't know. We haven't seen it yet. It could be, it could be frightening for championship defenders. Uh, and if Albion are in a good way with momentum and starting to look more resilient, organised, but also better at going the other way, creativity-wise, it could could you know, hopefully spell trouble for a lot of teams. I'd like to think so. Just on other, um, David Button played on on Monday, um, conceded five. It's not great for him since he's been dropped from the from the first team. Martin Kelly played as well, um, mm. and as did Big Kenza Hall in the second half. Um, what what do they look like, Button? You just look at the result and you can tell Button's not had the, the best of evenings. But Yeah, um, I mean, no, no. Um, just on the other two more more than anything. Yeah. Know, Kelly played a few times at, under Beale and, and Bruce and uh, but it seemed to sort of find it a bit more tougher for, for, for game. I know Corbrand's only had three games, but tougher to for game time. And, and Zahor as well, you know, the manager's come in and it looks like everyone's been given a clean slate. Has he been given a clean slate? You know? Well, I've been quite surprised on the Kelly front, actually. I've got to say, not not playing a minute yet. I think end of Bruce under Beal, I think Kelly was largely excellent. Really, um, can't remember him putting too much of a of a foot wrong in some games. It it had started to look like a really smart, astute bit of free transfer, almost emergency business, really, on on the back of what was it, the J ankle injury. Um, all right, we all knew Martin Kelly hadn't played for what two and a half years, but didn't look that rusty to me for a what is he thirty-two, I think, and not not played for so long. looked looked in decent nick and was and was playing well personally, even though the team were at times struggling. So been a little surprised he's not been turned to on you know, by Corbrand, but Corbrand seems to have for now, <laughs> as we talk about his changing in formation, settled on a bit of a back four. Using Furlong on the right, um, he's done okay. He's done okay, and and I mean we've been waxing lyrical about the two centre halves there. So don't really see a way in for Kelly yet. Obviously a lot, a lot can change. Albeit there's only one game before the break. Um, is an option, isn't he? When you, whether you you got the three at the back, he, he maybe becomes more of an option. He didn't. He didn't have the greatest night the other day, Kelly. Um, obviously scoreline dictates that defender in a five-one, but. He didn't make too many individual personal mistakes, really. He what you couldn't have said he was at fault for any of the goals. I remember him making a series of blocks, actually, um, showing a willingness to get forward, which which was good to see. So I I wouldn't hang too much of that on him. Obviously, Button, I mean, has made a, a terrible error for the first goal, and that's straight away you're thinking, oh no. And then before you've sort of caught your breath from that first goal, um, Aaron Harper Bailey, the centre half. Uh, from from Albion's 21s has, has blasted it against the Forest man and it's flew into the top corner for 2-0 after five minutes and you're thinking, well, what is happening here? 
Um, but yeah, I mean, what was it? Two, two one or was it three one at half time? I'm just struggling to remember now. But Zahor, as you mentioned, oh, hold on, the phone's going. Oh. The phone's going. I told Lewis before today's podcast I'd had a nightmare. I've moved about eight different working positions today. Um, and now I'm in my mother and father-in-law's office with a big red phone. It's like, do you ever watch Deal or No Deal? You know, the banker's phone. Oh, yeah. Looks exactly like the banker's phone. I'll uh, I'll put a, I'll put a picture on Twitter you later pick, on. Pick the phone up and it'll be like, five grand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll be telling me, offering me, yeah, deal or no deal. Yeah, yeah I think, the did the box. phone just start as I was just getting onto Zahor? Is that, it did, is that yes, ever, it did, yeah. Is that a sign? Could, that could a sign? be a sign. Couldn't could have been, could have been um, Carlos on the phone. But, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, like, don't give the secret away, Zahor's yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, the, the pre-planned idea was half-time change, wasn't it, for, for DK? And obviously that happened. Thankfully, DK was unscathed. He... So, I mean, I wrote Zohar was, was largely anonymous. He was. He didn't get into the game at all, didn't impact it. The, the bit we could most recall, really, was when it looked like he had a bit of a sitter, a glaring opportunity from across a header and just didn't connect from our view. It was down the other end of the ground. We obviously didn't have any replays, but it looked like he just couldn't get his head on it, couldn't get there. And, you know, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? If he, That was really early into the half he came on with. If he stretches his neck, puts that into the into the goal, gets a bit of confidence and momentum. You don't know, it could spark something, couldn't it? But moment came and went, opportunity came and went. I We haven't seen, obviously, Zahor on, on the bench yet for the first team under Corbra, and I don't really expect to on Saturday and don't, obviously, who knows, moving beyond the, beyond the World Cup. Um, Perhaps it'll be a good opportunity tomorrow to, to ask about a player like him who was obviously totally frozen out, really. Said he was free to leave, allowed to leave. You you really struggle to see a way back in for someone like that, don't you? Even under... Having said that, under, strange things have happened when new managers and head coaches come in, haven't they? But again, we haven't seen signs of it yet in the three senior games, so no. I, I wouldn't be uh, holding your breath. Yeah. Um, I'm going to rattle just rattle through the next couple of points because we've got a lot of questions um, from you Baggies fans today. Um, the action for Albion Group um, held their action, I suppose, in the Blackpool game with the um, shine a light on the Albion's problems behind the scene. And they're there to, um, you know, unhappy as many are with the governance of the football club and what's gone on and, and you know, about loans and rumours of loans and et cetera, et cetera. They've got more action planned against Stoke City, which is... Uh, Blow the whistle on the board, which is called, where you can download an app by going to the Action for Albion Twitter page, um, and it'll play um, it'll play a whistle, um, and they want supporters to do it in unison to sort of again draw more attention to the club and and highlight what's uh, what's been going on behind the behind the scenes. I'm, I'm not sure it happened in the first few minutes of the game. I, I I'm not a million percent sure when it will happen, but um, if you're interested, go over to their their Twitter page and and have a look. I just wanted to get your opinion on it, really, Lewis and. You know they're they're trying to do things and highlight what's going on behind the scenes at Albion. I know a few of what they've been saying has been picked up by a couple of respected sort of one respected author who talks a lot mm-hmm. about um, ownership and, and and ownership of football clubs and and protecting football clubs and stuff. Um, and they, but they seem to get their voices heard, which is which is what it's designed to do, I suppose. And, and yeah, highlight highlight what they want to highlight. I think I said even the last podcast or the one before, before or after the light show, credit to them for credit to the fans involved and the fans that the fans that 
you're involved in first of all launching it and then the hundreds if not thousands in the Hawthorns that got involved in the the light protest and the same that will go on with the whistle one the weekend credit for them credit to them for wanting to to make a difference make a stand try and get themselves heard obviously it's not it's not an easy thing and can only really happen at games uh, that's that's the thing with football protesters isn't it they can only really make themselves heard when they when they go to a home match at the Hawthorns so I've no doubt that the fan group involved and the supporters involved who feel rightfully so passionately about this will carry on doing so um, and hope that their voices get heard and what they're doing continues to snowball and, and build momentum and get noticed by, well, ideally, certainly the obviously the people involved at the top of the club, but external sources as well, like you said, beyond us as a local press and, and others more nationally at... Um, just to shine a light and, and show that obviously for, for several reasons, really, all is not entirely as it should be. Um, credit for them for wanting to make a, di- you know, make a difference and, and make themselves heard. Like I say, we, we've, the, it, it's hard to know how, obviously they're, they're trying to, the group are building things up. They've done the light show. Now they're making noise in terms of a whistle. It's, it's hard to um, see, they're just trying to do things differently, aren't they? Do obviously a light show now, a whistle show. Where, where does it go? How do they? A lot. I, I, obviously, the people involved. I'm sure they've got tons of ideas about how they can make themselves heard. What protests they can do. We've seen it at other clubs, haven't we? Um, look, that what what they're doing will be noticed. There's no yeah. no doubt about that. Um, they'll have been noticed at the game the other the other day. The the sort of traction it's got on online, if that's the right word, would be noticed. I'm sure it'll be noticed Saturday. Um, obviously, it can only do so much, but I think the emphasis is on drawing attention, isn't it? Which which is what they want. And then that, obviously, a, a attention, hopefully, you know, will, will lead to the change they want. Yeah, absolutely. You know, good luck to them. I'm not personally not there. I'm covering another game on Saturday, but I hope it goes on really well. Um, this this will cover a question that's going to be asked as well. We uh, we know you've, you've asked questions of the club over the the 25 uh, well the, the reported loan that the club are reportedly looking to take out. Um, said in the national press, which was the January transfer window, the 25 million pound loan, which we we all know that. Well, fans will know what we're we're talking about. Is there any more information on on that, Lewis? Just to cover a question that is already in the the fans question so to speak and that's a an issue that that the action for albion have have raised as well i'm sure i've sort of be raised at the albion assembly whenever that is as well Um, yeah well exactly yeah the the unfortunate answer is no we haven't um been given any further information on that frustratingly um obviously we'd we'd like to to be able to obviously as i as i've said that it's it's been raised it's been asked um we're hoping to get the chance to do that again more formally um and obviously as yeah you know, as soon as soon as it is and as soon as we're able to it'll be reported because you know it's what we want to report it's at the end of the day it's what we want to report it's what we want to have the answers to to mm. to help enlighten the fans and you know put any speculation right or speculation to bed and help bring facts to the table and whether that appeases um concerned supporters out there or or actually just you know, confirms what you know fears or anything like that it's 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 good to have definitive answers isn't it and uh yeah hopefully you know not before long we'll be able to bring those yeah fingers crossed and just finally just to a point to mention that I read an article just before we um before we came online uh on uh on the podcast on expressinside.com um we talked a lot at length about the 
the application to put the Hawthorns into a, an asset community value last week, which is backed by the football club. The, the application has been put in by the shareholders for Albion and it's been backed, um, I believe, in Parliament by uh, by West Bromwich East MP Nicola Richards, um, who's uh, said how vitally important it will uh, it will be. Um, so hopefully that uh, that will um, go through now and happen. Time for an advert. Um, as we all know, Baggy's broadcast is kindly brought to you in association with the Ketland Toaster Man. Now I've been banging on for weeks that. This is this is your big chance here, here to get your Christmas shopping done early. We know that sort of husbands and boyfriends are uh, particularly slow at leaving Christmas presents to the last minute. If you listen to the Baggies broadcast, you've got no excuse this year because I've been banging on about this since early October. Um, Catlin Toaster Man, based in in Briley Hill on Thorns Road, has got a range of appliances, anything you want. Even they've even got hair care products. If that's what you're looking to get a, a loved one this Christmas. But if you're interested, head to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk or head over to their store if you want to have a look at some of the, the products um, in store. Right, time for your questions, of which we've got a plenty, as always. Um, and we're going to start with um, this one, which is not why I was expecting to be read out today. Lee Adams has got in <laughs> touch. Um, would you have Big Sam back as a temporary director of football to oversee the January chance window? Can pick a player... Good contacts in the game and can magic deals out of his back. Well, he didn't say backside, but that's what he means, backside. Um, to which someone's replied, given he was sacked from England manager, his job as England manager, is this the right guy for the job? Um, it's a real left field question, that wow. day, to be perfectly honest. Not one I was expecting and not one that I can really see happening, unfortunately. I don't, I don't, I'd, I'd be surprised if he was um, on the short list of... Uh, <laughs> football board candidates if i'm being honest johnny but um yeah. you know It'd be funny if he was in in you never say never in life do you yeah. you, ne- you never say never but i think we were um, i think we we're pretty close to being able to say never yeah, yeah. um happy b79 regular listener thanks for getting in touch uh, a bit of a funny one this i don't know who we're going to ask but um can you use your contacts to get the woodman corner telly fixed please it's not worked since the first home game of the season. How much is a new telly these days? 200, 300 quid. I know money's tight, but come on, Albion. Um, yeah, well, I don't know who to bring it up with, but we'll try and mention it when we're at the, uh, when we're at, the uh, at the ground. Just have a bit of a fiddle behind with the wires behind. It might work. Or maybe they've lost the remote. I don't know. Turn it um, off and on, surely. Turn it off and on. I'll do that. Yeah, that's what we do a lot at the Express and Star to get our laptops working again. It seems to work. <laughs> um, question here. Um, Malk Macker. Um, I think this is false. Uh, any truth in the rumour Eric Clapton, Baggy's fan, Eric Clapton, was seen in China over the weekend with his checkbook? Please confirm. Um, can't confirm, but yeah, probably not. Um, <laughs> but I don't think Eric Clapton's going to be Albion's new owner. Uh, ben Ben Cotty has got in touch. Uh, good question from Ben. Any talk of Cleary going out on loan in January? Surely he needs that chance at a step up now. Now, Cleary's been in and around the first team, uh, trains with the first team regularly. You know, he's been on the bench. He's come on. Um, he started in the cup as well. Um but a January move might be better. It obviously depends what Albion will do in the window. I suppose they've got Grant when he's back, DK now he's back almost. Um, Thomas Asante. Thomas Asante as well. You know, Phillips has played up there. Potentially a chat if he does. If Corbran has got a budget to bring another forward in in January, I suppose he's got a might be a decision to make there on Cleary just to go out and get some. Yeah, I. Um... I was speaking to someone about this the other day, actually, and uh, I I do think I do think personally that this should happen in January. Um, now, it, obviously, it depends on the interest. Now, I wouldn't have thought there would be a shortage of interest in a in a talented young attacker like him. 
And it depends what level Albion think he should go out to if they think he's ready to go out on loan and, and obviously that availability. Um, now, a, a National League loan conference in old money uh, doesn't actually have to happen in the windows, does it, Johnny? It can happen here and now. It can happen at any time. So we've seen a couple of other baggage youngsters go out on loan, haven't we? Um, Mo Far went to, went to Telford. And uh, is it Young Andrews that went to Yeovil? Yeah, you'd like to think clear he might get a League Two move, maybe. Oh, I think yeah. From what I've seen, to be honest, from what I've seen, he looks he looks too good for the 21s. He obviously scores all these goals for the 21s. Um, Yeah, he he does look a cut above, really. Um, But we've seen him in the first team, and he's done okay in some cameos. Looked slightly off it in others, like not maybe sure where his role is in in the first team. So. I really feel um, if they could get him to League Two, I mean, there's a League Two club down the road, isn't there, in Warsaw? But, um, you know, obviously it depends what a, what a, a buying or taking club want and need. And let's be clear, Reyes clearly going out. Yeah, he's young and raw and he's hardly played any senior football in his life. So we can't expect him to go out on loan in January to League Two or the conference and rattle in 10 plus goals. It's But it's just that experience and development, isn't it, of, of a crucial three points and, and proper men's football. It, I, I don't think it would be a bad thing for him. And I'll, I'd be surprised if Albin weren't looking at that, to be honest, because uh, he could continue playing into in the 21s all season. They have a, a great season. They're having a very good season other than the, the 5-1 the other night. He's already on. He's touching 15 goals already, I think, this season. He could, you know, he could get up to 30 plus again, like last season, get up towards 40. But would it have the same development as a loan in senior football? I don't think it would. So if it was me, I'd, I'd lean towards that. And it'll be interesting to see actually what Corbyn decides to do. Because he's 18 now, isn't he? He's gone, gone 18 a little while back. And I just, I think of a, a talent like his, where you want him to make the next step to the senior team before long, ideally sooner rather than yeah. later. I just think, before that step to Albion, who want to be looking at the top end of the champ, that's that's the ambition. I just think there needs to be a bridge. You know, maybe yeah, maybe I'll do a couple of loans just to to yeah to sort him out. And fingers crossed that'll happen. I think that'll be good for him. Yeah. Um, question from Jake Newcomb: um, Who's going to the World Cup? If you mean me and Coxie, none of us. No, no. The, the, Firmly on tally. The, the budget of the interesting star Rog- baggage the Tom, broadcast. The Tom Rogic news put us yeah. out of our misery, didn't? Well, we? yeah, and the. Uh, the baggies broadcast budget probably doesn't stretch to Qatar, no, unfortunately. No, no, expenses, yeah. Um, um, no, and we don't yeah. think DK's going either, do we? No, it <laughs> doesn't. Almost certainly not. Um, um, so, little will be an interest out there, of course, which I'm, I'm sure the head coach won't be too fussed about. Yeah, Chris Brunt's left foot, which I'm sure it's not actually Chris Brunt's left foot sending me a tweet, but um, will any friendlies be announced during the World Cup break? Um, similar to many other clubs have already announced. They're going to be having sort of behind closed doors, friendlies. Is there any? Do we know if there's any plans? And and just to tick off a, a few questions now, um, do we know what Albion's plans are? You know, a player's going to be allowed a little bit of time off, or is it going to be sort of all hands to the pump down at the training ground? Un- unfortunately, um, for the recording of this podcast, Johnny, it's that's um, I'd like to say TBC really to be confirmed. We, as I say, we've got the press conference with Carlos tomorrow, and it's certainly on the agenda to yeah. to talk about. Obviously, it's the last pre-match press conference we've got before the break. Obviously, we'll speak to the head coach after, after Stoke, but be a good chance to get, you know, get in writing really what what the head coach has in has planned. I'd 
I mean, I certainly don't think there'll be much, if any, time off for the Albion players. Put it like that. I'd be pretty shocked if they were uh, were given much more beyond a few days, mm. few days downtime. I think it's an ideal month for the head coach to um, to sort it out, really, to to do what he loves, to coach and train and organise, develop, hopefully, to get his methods over further. We've seen in a couple of weeks, however long he's been in charge, a couple of weeks and a bit so far, he's managed to do that very well. It leaves you with quite a bit of optimism in what he could potentially do in the space of a month on the training ground. Um, when it comes to friendlies, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be a little, I'd be surprised if Albion didn't and weren't looking at that. I'd imagine most clubs will. I know some I of suppose the pool of the, the, the pool of clubs for friendlies is quite small, I suppose, because Premier League clubs will have a lot of players at the Euro, uh, at the World Cup. Yeah, maybe. And then, and then League One or Two carries on. So. Yeah, you know, that's a fair point. Yeah, whether it's um, you know teams, I suppose there'll be teams in in maybe European leagues who haven't got an awful lot of players at the world. Yeah, League. well, exactly that. Yeah, or I suppose other other championships. You know, if, if, if it's a League One or two team who you know are going Saturday Saturday and need to give a few a run out, and, yeah, and have a whatever a second string to to face. Yeah, yeah. It's just just a bit of just a bit of minutes action minutes just to to get them in the legs, but also. To have that opportunity, if you're working on a, a formation or a shape or a style, to to implement it in a game rather than, of course, you can do an inter inter squad one in, you know, between Albion's 21s or split the first team into two, but it's not quite the same as playing against an opposition no. side, is it? But I take your point. The the pool is limited. I think, so, I mean, certainly now with Corbran in in charge, given that he's worked obviously abroad before, and um, you'd you'd think that that opportunity is open that he might have a look in his homeland, you know. But again, you know, we're going to use the opportunity tomorrow to ask about that. I'd be surprised if they weren't looking at a, a warm-up game or two or just, just, you know, just to keep things ticking over. But yeah, I don't think the players will be expecting much time off. No. Uh, this question is aimed at you. I can't answer this one. Sunil Patel, if you could describe Saturday's performance as a Spanish dish with an accompanying beer, <laughs> how would you describe it? And what food or drink would you liken it to? Oh, on the spot. Oh, I, I, I think I think I know what we're heading towards here. I can't. I, I saw this question come in actually, and I, and I was trying the old uh, Estrella paella. Yeah, well, well, basically, I was trying to think. I was trying to think of a Spanish food and beer that was not either of those two to come up with a to come up with a wise crack answer. I, I got as far as patatas bravas. That's uh. I was gonna say Moretti, but that's Italian. Yeah, my, my Spanish uh, GCSE. It gets me as about as far as patatas fritas, which is chips. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I did think of Madrid. There's another Spanish lager for you. Chips and Madrid. The although chips think, and Madrid manager yeah. Carlos. Well, I think Madrid's brewed in Staffordshire or something. Daft, isn't oh, it? Right. Like Barbershire <laughs> or something. So I, I don't actually think it's a taste of Madrid. Um, I could be wrong there, but for the record, there's nothing wrong with an Estrella, isn't is there? They've uh, Baggies fans have certainly got the right the right lager for the chant. Um, yeah, fact, which has been stolen by Aston Villa fans. Yeah, well, the rhymes as well helps, doesn't yeah. it? But uh, yeah. don't mind a drop of Estrella. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Paella, not 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 for me, unfortunately. Not not my not yeah. my bag. But um, so, what what would I like in the performance to? Oh, oh, you're like my um, uh, slight slight tangent, Johnny. But my my service station. You might have seen this on my Instagram, Johnny. I, I know you're. Uh, you, you have the odd look on there. My, my services on the way home was Beaconsfield. Is that nice. It? Good services. Yeah. We do love a services yeah. chat. Um, well, 
it's it, I mean, I've, I've been obviously several times before, but not for a little while. Um, it really is top, top tier, isn't it? Elite, elite tier as services go in the UK. It's it's got the lot, hasn't it? You could, I mean, you could have you could have a week off there, I reckon. Yeah, me and, Joe, me and Joe Edwards had a really in-depth chat once on our on the on our Express and Star Warsaw podcast about um, service stations. Well, we might talk about that next week. Or no, it's right up there, mate. Yeah, I, I um, funnily enough, I haven't told anyone other than my uh, other half about this actually. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not. What one are you going to tell us? It's not. It's not one for the baggies broadcast, mate. No. Really, but I uh, I bumped into a certain Sean Worley at, at the. Uh, at the services, which was interesting, a, a, a legend of the club I used to cover, Shrewsbury. So that that was nice. He just scored a hat trick for Accrington Stanley. Oh. Um, so that was very nice, mate. Yeah. Um, but no Albion fans knocking around. Was, I'm trying to think. Oh, no Albion play. No Albion players knocking no, around. No, no, just Accrington Stanley. Actually, I no, just no. saw the red shirts and the badge. I, I didn't see any baggies. Sort of Kyle Bartley going to get a, a against. No, no. I, the, the options were so good, mate. They they persuaded me away from. The Holy Trinity of McDonald's, Burger King, or KFC. I went for a what they call chosen noodle. Is it? Um, oh, a little noodle, market. That little noodle set up. Yeah, yeah. But I say you could have a, a week off there and eat out every night, couldn't you? Pizza Express, Nando's, um, the, the works. It, it yeah. Yeah. It reminded me well. what a, what some fine establishments we have on our motorways. That, that uh, AKA the highlight of away days. John. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll we'll certainly we'll certainly go in more more depth about that on a, on another episode. Just a final few questions from you fans, um, all Albion fans. If we if we are drawing with Stoke at half time, where do you stand on DK from the info you have? Being eleven points off the playoffs with a game in hand, two extra points and three wins on the spin would be huge. Or do you feel extra physicality of first team football isn't yet worth the risk? Um, I think if Albion aren't aren't leading the game certainly by the 65 70 minute mark i'd personally put him on um probably for an extra body i, I don't i don't know if i see the merit of now i'm far from the master a master tactician or, or even a, a competent tactician that call run is yeah um yeah i i wouldn't be putting him on for for the sole striker that's playing whether that's Thomas sante or phillips i'd be getting him on as an extra body in there, you know, just to throw his weight around. Yeah. As a, I suppose as, from a core brand point of view, it'd be, it'd be luxury if Albion was sort of two, three up with 20 to play. And what, so as in, so they don't have as, to, as use in him. they don't have to use him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that would be the ideal scenario, wouldn't it? But I take the point though, it'd be, it, it'd be massive full stop to go into this break with a win to have done three on the spin is, is brilliant, isn't it? And I was actually, um, I was in touch a little bit earlier today with Ali Rob, actually Ali Robertson, our, uh, uh Albion, obviously um legendary columnist and he was he's he's done a, a column for tomorrow's paper and it'll be online obviously and he was saying actually he was he was joking sort of half joking that you know hopefully we can win on saturday but three wins you want the games to keep coming don't you you don't want to start well, that's it, the last yeah. thing you want is a month's break but actually regardless of winning two or three on the bounce the break is exactly what albion want isn't it yeah. what, exactly what corbyn wants um in for, for this training for this coaching period but yeah usually usually if you've won three on the spin the last thing you want is to stop playing isn't it but yeah um, yeah i think it's it's big as well because it's not guaranteed but I had a brief look at the table earlier and i think three points there's quite a good chance it would take albin out the out the drop zone and yeah you'd you'd like to think touch wood with any with any luck and with any progression that'll be the the last time i'll be in the bottom three this season yeah. Uh, yeah so it would be a superb way to finish 
Yeah, fine. I'm going to finish on this question. Um, Baggy Al has got in touch. Thoughts on players like Bartley, Phillips, etc. being given a second. Um, it's just put in brackets. feels like fifth chance when contracts are running out. As much as they have done well in the last two games, I'm worried that we'll make another mistake by offering new contracts um, when we finally could finally be rid. Um, it's an interesting take on what we've talked quite a lot about today. I think both are out of contract at the end of the season. I believe one might have another year. Um, I suppose that's a case of, you know, even if they both do have good remainders of the season, you know, they've been at Albion for quite a long time now, whether it will be a chance to freshen things up, you know, with them play. Livermore's out of contract. He's another one that's out of contract in the summer. Yeah. Um, who, you know, if I had to guess now, I, I can't imagine Livermore getting another contract. You know, I might be completely wrong. Um, uh, yeah, I I think... Um... I think you, you come to a point, don't you, at the end of deals when players have been at a club for so long where a natural part in the ways happens. Um, and many fans would say this could have happened already and, and fans would you know, clamour and argue to, you know, these players should have been moved on. And I, I take the points, I do, but obviously it's not that simple when it comes to having to sell a player and get a buying club. But when it comes to the end of a contract, I mean, certainly when there's been changes of managers as well. I mean, these guys have played under God knows how many managers at the Hawthorns, haven't they? Um, so... Yeah, from a Corbyn perspective, it's yeah, and let's not kid ourselves as well. These are decent Albion earners, you know, big earners. Been at the club for a while, obviously signed when both signed when they were in the Premier League, were they? Certainly Phillips. Um, yeah, Barley would have as well, wouldn't he? So uh, no, Barley was in the Championship. Was it? Was it? They gone down. Yeah, Aaron Moore signed Barley. Yeah, so yeah, good earners, big earners. Obviously, been been good servants for 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 their time in terms of. Games played, you know, not always been favourites with the crowd. I get that, but yeah, especially now they're under a, under a new manager. You know, you have a not a clean sweep, but it is cool, isn't it? And and he he will, I suppose, I imagine. Obviously, I don't know this, but he'll look at it and think he wants his own players in there. He wants his stamp on ideally all all positions, all all players. So yeah, you'd imagine that. It's hard to say, and but I still think, like we said at the top of the show, really. Um, and last week as well, I think Phillips and Bartley can play a role this season. I do. Um, that if everyone in the Albion squad was fit and firing, do I think either are in the first 11? No. But I'd probably say they'd be on the bench. And as we say, I mean, that's 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 massive these days, isn't it? So, yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to be playing a part this season. But do I see them at the club next season? Not necessarily. No. Here's a few questions, Albion fans. Next week will be the, the last time for two or three weeks that you'll be able to send in questions and get them answered by myself and Lewis so um, make sure you keep an eye out for our recording next week and get in touch right as always I've been joined well I was joined earlier this week by our resident quizzer TJ Smithy who he put me through the ringer this week it was a difficult one I had to guess my way through it um, and we're going to be having some more well we're going to have some head-to-heads before long um, we'll try and get a a Christmas special quiz as well. And we've got a fan, as I mentioned soon, we've got a fan episode coming up. So we're going to integrate a bit of a bit of quizzing into that. But this is how I got on earlier this week. TJ Smithy, another quiz. Um, poor two weeks ago. Did all right last week. I got, I've got to, I've got to get on the money with this one. I need to get around 100%. What have you got for me this week? <laughs> so this week we have the Guess Who quiz. So I'm going to give Love you... Love a game of Guess Who. Love a game of Guess Who. I'll give you a line, and if you get yeah. that one, you get uh, there's five lines, so you get five points up for grabs. 
but for each line that I have to say and give you a hint for, it goes down point. So right. if you get it so, in three lines, you'll get yeah. three points, etc., right. etc. Et so your first right, one. Let's go. I'm a 33-year-old who plays as a striker. 33 now? Yeah. So do I get one guess per line? You can have a guess and do it. Right. Three-year-old striker. I think I've got one of them. It can be present or past as well. Yeah. Um, Shane Long. No. <sighs> Brendan Rogers gave me my senior debut. Simon Cox. No. Oh! I played for my first club for nine years before making the switch to West Brom. Yeah, he's Brendan Rogers. So it'd have even been like Swansea or Reading. Nine years I made the switch to West Brom. I'm trying to think who that up front. Oh wow. I'm really struggling with this. I need some Albion fans to help me out. I'll be oh. fans of me screaming at, it probably will be. <laughs> at the podcast. Brendan Rogers. Oh, I, I got nah. Next one. I wrapped up a nice one hundred and forty-three appearances for West Brom and scored twenty-one times. Oh, this is annoying. I don't know why I still do this because because I just get wound up. <laughs> oh, what? Well, it must have been in the Premier League. I'm just trying to think of strike. I'm going blank here. Ah, go on. Next Faces way. the picture to be <laughs> for everyone listening. He's literally gobsmacked already. Probably. Uh, your last one is I scored in a European Cup uh, in the Euros quarterfinal. What? You're going to kick yourself. Probably, yeah. I'll probably just end the call after. <laughs> Euro's quarter-final. And Brendan Rodgers giving me debut. Who is this? Who is this? Think of the clubs that you just said with Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, it's ones in Reading. Who played up front for them? Not a clue. I give up. We'll be here for hours if I carry on thinking this. Hal Robson Canu. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course he did. Scored the um, amazing. Do you know why he did that? He didn't even mention me, Ed, so I'm not that annoyed. Of course, yeah, <laughs> Reading. Reading, yeah. Never mind. Played Never for mind, nine years for Reading before making the switch. Think- Things could only get better. <laughs> so, nil point. Wow, that's shocking, man. Your next person to guess. 
Yeah. I'm a 42-year-old centre midfielder. Robert Corran. Back on the money. Yes. Come on. Recovery from a five-pointer. Yeah, another five-pointer. Celebrating on the screen. The other ones would have been, I came from a from Norway to join West Brom, but that isn't the country I'm from. I scored my first goal for West Brom in a seven win over Barnsley at home. Yeah. I went, this is probably where I thought you would, might have got it. I went up as the champions in my first season and hit the crossbar of the FA Cup semi-final. Yeah. And then I played for against England in the World Cup. Yeah, that's a great show. I'm happy with that. How Robson kind of was a distant. How can you? How can you go from so bad, so good? <laughs> Just I'm all or nothing. I'm all or nothing, <laughs> aren't I? Right then, your next person to guess. I am a 40 year old centre back. Gareth McCauley. No. I've won the Premier League twice and I've also won the League Cup. The Premier League twice? It can't be Johnny Evans because he's not 40. <laughs> well, maybe he is. No, he can't be 40. He can't be 40, still playing for Leicester. Um, I've won the Premier League twice. Who the hell for? And the League Cup. And the League Cup. I won the Premier League twice. Who else did we have at the back? We've had a lot at the back. <laughs> trying to think of any like Premier League winners we've had at the back. Oh, Branislav Ivanovic. Nope. Oh. I have scored in the Euros for England. Oh, Julian Lescott. Yes. Oh, yeah. Three points. Three, take that. Take that. Yeah, Lescott. Well, it's hard. It's not hard to remember because he was hardly a, he hardly had a mem- yeah. memorable. It was all it was going to be with the next ones. So I've also played for Wolves and Villa and I've scored uh, one goal for West Brom. Shade. That's it, eight points from a possible 15, though. <laughs> so your next one is, I'm a 55-year-old striker. Oh, oh this could be anyone. 55-year-old striker. So he'd have finished playing about 17 years ago. Uh, Bob Taylor. Bingo. Oh, ha, 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 what a shame. I thought you were even going to get it from the first one. It might be like one down the line. Uh, Bob Taylor, boom. I made my debut for Leeds United. Wouldn't have got that. West Brom were the third club I joined. Wouldn't have got I that. I left West Brom and returned to the club two years later. Might have got that. 303 appearances and scored 103 goals. Heidi, there we go. That, and 13? that is it. 13 out of 20, is that? 13 out of 20. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's not too bad. Not too bad. Done well. Done Redeemed well. yourself first, from the first question. <laughs> first one was a bit of a shocker, but uh, but never mind. Never mind. Right, hopefully we'll have a, a few head-to-heads coming up for you anyway. I'll be taking yeah. someone on. On, on. on the current form, they'll probably beat me, but um, we'll... Uh, <laughs> 
we'll see how we get on. TJ Smithy, cheers for that, pal. There you go. A better effort than last week. I'm still going for that 100%. I set the bar too high on the first week. Did really well. And then <laughs> didn't go from there. Right, Stoke this weekend. Um, formerly a bogey team of Albion. Lost to them at home last season. Um, not necessarily a bogey team anymore. Um, but, you know, chance to be out of the bottom three. Um, it's just a case of, you know, you take a scrappy 1-0 win again, wouldn't you? I suppose you take a Blackpool, you take a, a QPR, a battling a battling result. Would you take a point, Lewis? I, I don't know. After On Saturday? Um, no. No, I think it's I think it's one of them. If you get a point now... I'd take a point you, is a weird phrase, isn't it? Because I'd take it over a defeat. <laughs> if, you'd have give me, if you'd have offered me four from, from QPR and Stoke, I would have said... Yeah, all right, I'll take four. And, yeah, but the put yeah. the but the one would probably have been at Loftus Road on Saturday. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I I think I think Albion would be looking to win this home game against. Look, and no disrespect for Stoke, I mean, I'm not totally in tune with how their season's gone, but they're not flying at the top of the table, are they? It's not one you think, well, this is one no. of the top teams coming to the Hawthorns here. Like, like you know, when Sheffield United came came, albeit they weren't going too well, but but got quite a comfortable win. Yeah, I think. I think we, I think we'd be reasonably, you know, a little disappointed with anything but a win, wouldn't we? I think, but albeit, like, albeit a draw, the overall picture, as you say, from these four games, certainly from the last three, what would that be? Seven from nine, you'd, you'd have, you'd have grasped that, wouldn't you? Actually, that's just reminded me. Were we having the discussion before these final three games about what Albin simply had to, had to take from? Yeah, I, think I think we were, weren't we? And, and we said like. Five, five or six, six, six yeah. Or six, yeah. We've got six now. If they can get, if they can yeah. get nine, that's that's the turnaround, isn't it? That's the, yeah, nice that's, dream, isn't it? That, yeah, that's the delayed bounce, I suppose you wanted from Corbyn, yeah. which didn't sort of come against Sheffield United. Well, you can't knock seven. That's um, uh, it's no. from from those three games, a pretty outstanding effort, really. Um, like that, and that's not me saying a draw on Saturday will feel amazing because I don't suppose it will, but in in the wider picture, you know. But as as we had sort you know touched on five or ten minutes ago, it. To finish, to finish with a with a win, three from three for your final game before the break, which would hopefully get you out of the bottom three, the relegation zone. I think would feel big. Yeah, no, it would be um, would certainly be helpful. Right, thank you very much for that, Albion fans. Thanks for listening as always. Um, you know, another win, three on the bounce. You know, we we're, we're going to be an uncharted territory for this season certainly. <laughs> Um, but we'll be back next week to what we're going to do next week. Obviously, Stoke is the final game before the World Cup. Um, we're going to look back on the season so far, reflect a little bit on the Steve Bruce reign and 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 Carlos Corbrand coming in and, and the club, and that'll be our, our episode next week. Um, and then we'll be having sort of, well, we'll be having a little bit of a normal break, but as you know, we've been recording um, guest episodes similar to the series we had in the summer uh, where we recorded three, which you all know about. Today, we released a, a little clip of our fourth. We've got Darren Carter, former Albion midfielder, current Birmingham City women manager, um, joined me actually this morning. Um, so that'll be our, our fourth episode. We did tease on Twitter that we were going to be talking to a former Albion striker. Now, that is still on the cards, uh, but we haven't got anything in the diary yet. So it might potentially be a, a bonus. It might be a Christmas present to you, Baggies fans, from me and Lewis. Um, or a New Year's present. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see, but hopefully we can record that one as well. But you've got four bonus episodes, um, four guest episodes, plus um, four lucky Albion fans of one in a draw to come on the Baggies broadcast during the World Cup break to talk all things Albion. Um, so 
if the play, even though the players might be having a little bit of a break during the World Cup, me and Coxie certainly won't be. Um, we're going to be as uh, as busy as ever. But anyway, Stoke this weekend. Hopefully, another three points from Carlos and the boys, and then things certainly will be looking up. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Um, those going along to the Hawthorns, enjoy the game. Um, enjoy the World Cup. Um, thanks. Well, I can say that next week, but enjoy the World Cup. Thanks very much for listening to the Baggies broadcast. As always, until next time, goodbye. Bye.